rhapsodise presents a group of very sad poems read by me martin geeson i recorded an introduction to these four selections and then realized that the poems are hardly rhapsodic in the usual sense they comprise one by keats two from tennyson with charles lutwidge dodgson bringing up the rear so before I introduce them properly, I'll risk reaching for a musical analogy, namely the piano rhapsodies of Franz Liszt. In those scintillating pieces, Liszt alternates his frenzied Hungarian folk dances with gravely slow melodies of an aching intensity of communal feeling, partly fuelled by draughts of the blushful tokai it may be so here are the sad verses about the longing for death for oblivion in the ode to a nightingale keats the never anything but young poet gives us this lonely nocturne singing from his soul self ode to a nightingale by john keats my heart aches and a drowsy numbness pains my sense as though of hemlock i had drunk or emptied some dull opiate to the drains one minute past and lethe woods had sunk tis not through envy of thy happy lot but being too happy in thine happiness that thou light-winged dryad of the trees in some melodious plot of beechen green and shadows numberless singest of summer in full-throated ease oh for a draught of vintage that has been cooled a long age in the deep delved earth tasting of flora and the country green dance and provencal song and sunburnt mirth oh for a beaker full of the warm south full of the true the blushful hippocrene with beaded bubbles winking at the brim and purple stained mouth that i might drink and leave the world unseen and with thee fade away into the forest dim fade far away dissolve and quite forget what thou among the leaves hast never known the weariness the fever and the fret here where men sit and hear each other groan where palsy shakes a few sad last grey hairs where youth grows pale and spectre thin and dies where but to think is to be full of sorrow and leaden-eyed despairs where beauty cannot keep her lustrous eyes or new love pine at them beyond to-morrow away away for i will fly to thee not charioted by bacchus and his pards 
but on the viewless wings of poesy though the dull brain perplexes and retards already with thee tender is the night and haply the queen moon is on her throne clustered around by all her starry fays but here there is no light save what from heaven is with the breezes blown through verdurous glooms and winding mossy ways i cannot see what flowers are at my feet nor what soft incense hangs upon the boughs but in embalmed darkness guess each sweet wherewith the seasonable month endows the grass the thicket and the fruit-tree wild white hawthorn and the pastoral eglantine fast fading violets covered up in leaves and mid-may's eldest child the coming musk-rose full of dewy wine the murmurous haunt of flies on summer eves darkling i listen and for many a time i have been half in love with easeful death called him soft names in many a mused rhyme to take into the air my quiet breath now more than ever seems it rich to die to cease upon the midnight with no pain while thou art pouring forth thy soul abroad in such an ecstasy still wouldst thou sing and i have ears in vain to thy high requiem become a sod thou wast not born for death immortal bird no hungry generations tread thee down the voice i hear this passing night was heard in ancient days by emperor and clown perhaps the self-same song that found a path through the sad heart of ruth when sick for home she stood in tears amid the alien corn the same that oft-times hath charmed magic casements opening on the foam of perilous seas in fairy lands forlorn forlorn the very word is like a bell to toll me back from thee to my soul's self adieu the fancy cannot cheat so well as she is famed to do deceiving elf adieu adieu thy plaintive anthem fades past the near meadows over the still stream up the hillside and now tis buried deep in the next valley glades was it a vision or a waking dream fled is that music do i wake or sleep now a complete change of perspective 
tennyson gives us the plaint of an infinitely old man a sort of open-ended methuselah borrowing from greek myth the character tithonus he was originally a beautiful young man who fell for eos goddess of the dawn he asked her for the gift of immortality but forgot to specify the eternal youth that ideally should accompany it tithonus by alfred lord tennyson the woods decay the woods decay and fall the vapours weep their burthen to the ground man comes and tills the field and lies beneath and after many a summer dies the swan me only cruel immortality consumes i wither slowly in thine arms here at the quiet limit of the world a white-haired shadow roaming like a dream the ever silent spaces of the east far-folded mists and gleaming halls of morn alas for this grey shadow once a man so glorious in his beauty and thy choice who madest him thy chosen that he seemed to his great heart none other than a god i asked thee give me immortality then didst thou grant mine asking with a smile like wealthy men who care not how they give but thy strong hours indignant worked their wills and beat me down and marred and wasted me and though they could not end me left me maimed to dwell in presence of immortal youth immortal age beside immortal youth and all i was in ashes can thy love thy beauty make amends though even now close over us the silver star thy guide shines in those tremulous eyes that fill with tears to hear me let me go take back thy gift why should a man desire in any way to vary from the kindly race of men or pass beyond the goal of ordinance where all should pause as is most meet for all a soft air fans the cloud apart there comes a glimpse of that dark world where i was born once more the old mysterious glimmer steals from thy pure brows and from thy shoulders pure and bosom beating with a heart renewed thy cheek begins to redden through the gloom thy sweet eyes brighten slowly close to mine ere yet they blind the stars 
and the wild team which love thee yearning for thy yoke arise and shake the darkness from their loosened manes and beat the twilight into flakes of fire lo ever thus thou growest beautiful in silence then before thine answer given departest and thy tears are on my cheek why wilt thou ever scare me with thy tears and make me tremble lest a saying learnt in days far off on that dark earth be true the gods themselves cannot recall their gifts i me i me with what another heart in days far off and with what other eyes i used to watch if i be he that watched the lucid outline forming round thee saw the dim curls kindle into sunny rings changed with thy mystic change and felt my blood glow with the glow that slowly crimsoned all thy presence and thy portals while i lay mouth forehead eyelids growing dewy warm with kisses balmier than half-opening buds of april and could hear the lips that kissed whispering i knew not what of wild and sweet like that strange song i heard apollo sing while ilion like a mist rose into towers yet hold me not for ever in thine east how can my nature longer mix with thine coldly thy rosy shadows bathe me cold are all thy lights and cold my wrinkled feet upon thy glimmering thresholds when the steam floats up from those dim fields about the homes of happy men that have the power to die and grassy barrows of the happier dead release me and restore me to the ground thou seest all things thou wilt see my grave thou wilt renew thy beauty morn by morn i earth in earth forget these empty courts and thee returning on thy silver wheels tennyson was of course much preoccupied with death and death in life as a young man losing his beloved arthur henry hallam he created a series of inert heroines suspended in a limbo of grief and loss and of these i've chosen the gloomiest a character head-hunted from shakespeare's measure for measure mariana of the moated grange mariana by alfred lord tennyson 
with blackest moss the flower-plots were thickly crusted one and all the rusted nails fell from the knots that held the pear to the gable wall the broken sheds looked sad and strange unlifted was the clinking latch weeded and worn the ancient thatch upon the lonely moated grange she only said my life is dreary he cometh not she said she said i am a-weary a-weary i would that i were dead her tears fell with the dews at even her tears fell ere the dews were dried she could not look on the sweet heaven either at morn or eventide after the flitting of the bats when thickest dark did trance the sky she drew her casement curtain by and glanced athwart the glooming flats she only said my life is dreary he cometh not she said she said i am a-weary a-weary i would that i were dead upon the middle of the night waking she heard the night-fowl crow the cock sung out an hour ere light from the dark fen the oxen's low came to her without hope of change in sleep she seemed to walk forlorn till cold winds woke the grey-eyed morn about the lonely moated grange she only said the day is dreary he cometh not she said she said i am a-weary a-weary i would that i were dead about a stone cast from the wall a sluice with blackened waters slept and o'er it many round and small the clustered marish mosses crept hard by a poplar shook alway all silver-green with gnarled bark for leagues no other tree did mark the level waste the rounding grey she only said my life is dreary he cometh not she said she said i am a-weary a-weary i would that i were dead and ever when the moon was low and the shrill winds were up and away in the white curtain to and fro she saw the gusty shadow sway but when the moon was very low and wild winds bound within their cell the shadow of the poplar fell upon her bed across her brow she only said the night is dreary he cometh not she said she said i am a-weary a-weary i would that i were dead all day within the dreamy house the doors upon their hinges creaked 
the blue fly sung in the pane the mouse behind the mouldering wainscots shrieked or from the crevice peered about old faces glimmered through the doors old footsteps trod the upper floors old voices called her from without she only said my life is dreary he cometh not she said she said i am a-weary a-weary i would that i were dead the sparrows chirruped on the roof the slow clock ticking and the sound which to the wooing wind aloof the poplar made did all confound her sense but most she loathed the hour when the thick moated sunbeam lay athwart the chambers and the day was sloping toward his western bower then said she i am very dreary he will not come she said she wept i am a-weary a-weary o oh god that i were dead and finally to pave the way for a possible return to cheerfulness the genial reverend dodgson here presents us with the case of a young lady who has spent too much of her time reading morbid verses melancholetta by lewis carroll with saddest music all day long she soothed her secret sorrow at night she sighed i fear twas wrong such cheerful words to borrow dearest a sweeter sadder song i'll sing to thee to-morrow i thanked her but i could not say that i was glad to hear it i left the house at break of day and did not venture near it till time i hoped had worn away her grief for naught could cheer it my dismal sister couldst thou know the wretched home thou keepest thy brother drowned in daily woe is thankful when thou sleepest for if i laugh however low when thou'rt awake thou weepest hmm. i took my sister t'other day excuse the slang expression to saddler's wells to see the play in hopes the new impression might in her thoughts from grave to gay effect some slight digression i asked three gay young dogs from town to join us in our folly whose mirth i thought might serve to drown my sister's melancholy the lively jones the sportive brown and robinson the jolly the maid announced the meal in tones that i myself had taught her meant to allay my sister's moans like oil on troubled water 
i rushed to jones the lively jones and begged him to escort her vainly he strove with ready wit to joke about the weather to ventilate the last on dit to quote the price of leather she groaned here i and sorrow sit let us lament together i urged you're wasting time you know delay will spoil the venison my heart is wasted with my woe there is no rest in venice on the bridge of sighs she quoted low from byron and from tennyson i need not tell of soup and fish in solemn silence swallowed the sobs that ushered in each dish and its departure followed nor yet my suicidal wish to be the cheese i hollowed some desperate attempts were made to start a conversation madam the sportive brown essayed which kind of recreation hunting or fishing have you made your special occupation her lips curved downwards instantly as if of india rubber hounds in full cry i like said she oh how i longed to snub her of fish a whale's the one for me it is so full of blubber the night's performance was king john it's dull she wept and so so a while i let her tears flow on she said they soothed her woe so at length the curtain rose upon bombastes furioso in vain we roared in vain we tried to rouse her into laughter her pensive glances wandered wide from orchestra to rafter tear upon tear she said and sighed and sigh lens followed after